Welcome to the Peanut Butter and Jody Podcast, where we discuss life, love, and the art of successful relationships. I'm Jody, and the love of my life and partner in crime, Laura, is by my side. Say hi, Laura. Hi, Laura. Well, hello, sweetness. Hello, my bubba. How you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. We had a uh, crazy day, but um, a good Very day. Very busy. A good day. Busy, busy, busy. We were busy with each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got busy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Christian was out riding his bike today. Riding his bike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did a little basketball workout in the morning. Yeah, he had a busy day. Very busy day. He was a very busy spider. Okay, so we're back from <clears throat> our 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 relationship with God, and now we are here at the podcast. We are, we are, and uh, happy to be here. Always, always. This is our little escape from real life. Our therapy. Yeah, it's very therapeutic. It actually. is. It is. Yeah, I would agree. Mm-hmm. 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 I'm going to start stealing your. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So um, that was my southern one. That was <laughs> like getting some riddles, corn sonnet, <laughs> crambone. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd like to uh, just say uh, happy hi ho to all of our listeners. Our listenership is growing. Crambone, crambone. <laughs> Everybody do my mind. <laughs> crambone. I don't know why I drink wine at all, because I just need you. Oh, that's great. So I kill brain cells, is what you're saying? No, no. You're very intoxicating. Oh, yes. This guy intoxicating the babes. Mm -hmm. No, just me. All right. Okay, then, yeah, I'm intoxicating (laughs) the babe. Look out. (laughs) So, um, yeah, we've had um, quite a few uh, people listening from uh, different points in the globe yes continue listening like us love us please Hola. tell your friends uh repost our our, our uh, facebook stuff or our instagram stuff um go out there and like us give us a good review of some sort if you're enjoying this on uh itunes perhaps yeah itunes the way the world is itunes <laughs> Yeah, and subscribe. <laughs> Subscribing will keep you listening with very little effort through whatever mechanism you use to listen to these delicious podcasts. Go out and click away. Do you know subscribe. what? Subscribe. You know what? What? You are really funny. <laughs> in a literal way or in a you're an idiot way? No, you're just you're just funny. You're a funny guy. Well, you're a very you. funny guy. I appreciate that. You make my heart warm. Oh, a little heart warmness. I like the heart warmness. (laughs) I love it. So, um, I came across... Serious faces now. Serious faces, folks. This is going to be a serious topic. It is, actually. I think it's a thing, for sure. Uh, Yeah. Um, And even I can demonstrate it myself when we get to that point. But, so I came across a little story recently... And it was about a girl who was involved in a relationship with a guy. Okay? So these two were kind of a thing. Yes. You know, doing lots of what young people do. Well, supposedly a thing. Yeah. So after reading the article, here's where things kind of went off the rails. 
things went off the rails like this. These two are communicating and they're having a little bit of a beef and a tiff. And then next thing you know, these two are, quote unquote, on the same page again. And these are like younger people. Yeah. Yeah. These are um, folks of the younger generation, you know, that uh, that 18 to 25 ish area Mm -hmm. or younger, probably. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And then you go and you find out that the two of them never actually see each other. In except, person, except via I think like, like, yeah, maybe once or via everything else since the once is pretty much via uh, Snapchat or or Instagram or some other method of communicating beside actually seeing a human being. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And in thinking about this. And you were really disturbed by this because you brought it to my attention. You're like, you have to read this. And I'm like. Yeah, this because because in my head I'm thinking the ultimate goal of us being social animals mm-hmm. is that contact, you know, seeing each other's eyes, touching each other, holding each other, physical companionship. Yes, is is the key to life. Yeah, right. That's why we exist as Actually, a species. Actually, people they said can die if they don't have physical contact. Yeah, you can die of loneliness. That you can. Right. That's amazing. Yeah. And um, so the ultimate goal for us as a species is to relate to one another. And I think what I what I thought may be happening, and in reading some other articles after the fact, we find that kids these days are burdened with social anxiety. Yes. Higher rates of depression. Yes. Loneliness. All of these things, and it's um, it's possible. I'm not going to say you know the scientific evidence has yet to to show you know true 100 percent link to this, but um, the way that they interact has made it difficult for them to relate to humans in a one on one relationship. Yes, and um, has led them to have all these social anxieties and things like that, uh, and they're never really like. They're never really communicating. They're spending absurd amount of time in social media and other media platforms without dealing with true physical human contact. Yes. And it's uh, it's possible. We'll say it's possible. We're mm-hmm. not doctors. Uh, although you can call me Dr. Love. <laughs> and I, you know, took psychology. So maybe I know some stuff. Yeah, you, in college, you might. yeah. Um, so we took a look at some articles. Yes, we did, and tried to kind of you know dig into this a little bit to see if if there's something there. Is there is there an argument that yeah, this is a problem? Are we kind of doing what parents do and overthinking the situation? Maybe yeah, is it as the, bad as it really is? You know, or as it appears? And it's the uh, the pros and cons we're going to look into. Yeah. I mean the the pros and cons exactly because mm-hmm. um, there there we did find and statistics we found yeah we did find that there are some like legitimate pluses to kids communicating via social media right so, so we're gonna get into all that so um, you came across a little story about a girl who had a, a negative experience yes and I I don't want to be funny yeah but when you say that I think of the Brady Bunch I'm sorry. It's a story of a lovely lady. Okay. Mike. (laughs) So so really, so what you're saying is 
the fix to all of this <laughs> is a housekeeper named Alex and Alex, a housekeeper named Alice and a payphone. <laughs> well, if that wasn't a slip, <laughs> Alex takes care of our house. One of our <gasps> no, she doesn't. She does. It's a group effort. Anyway, anyway, housekeeper named Alice listen. and a payphone. <laughs> Roll with it, baby. Roll with it. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to stop. Okay, stop. Okay, focus. Bring it down a notch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, <sighs> are you meditating? Yes. Okay. So, um, there was an article uh, about this mom. T- oh, about. <laughs> what is going on here? All right. So we're going to talk about this article. And the article had to do with a girl. Uh-huh. Right? <laughs> do you want me to go through this? Nope. Can you pull it off? Yeah. All right, yes. let's reel yes, it in, yes, sister. Yes. Okay. Come on. The so audience is waiting she with had bated breath. A, <laughs> she had a 16-year-old daughter. Has, excuse me. Ooh, that was a real bad Freudian slip. She has a 16-year-old daughter who uh, lived with her and... Uh, and her husband, so she had, I don't know if she had siblings, this little, this six-year-old girl, but she had a mom and a dad, lived in a really nice neighborhood, and on her free time, she would be on her smartphone, and uh, eventually, the mom, well, the like background, the mom worked in a children's hospital, right? Yeah, she and had a she degree was, in public health. Okay. So she was educated and uh, very involved with her daughter as far as, you know, you know, the social skills of it and and all that. And she never realized anything was, quote unquote, wrong with her daughter. And then she realized that her daughter one day attempted suicide. Wow. Attempted. So one blessing is that she actually did not go through with it. So what led to that? So what led to that was her mother felt that, you know, at night she was on her smartphone and she was getting consumed by Instagram and comparing herself to models on Instagram. And then she had an eating disorder. And because of the smartphone, she had poor sleep. Oh, so didn't I think in the article, I I took a look at it as well. The girl herself described... Um, her actions on Instagram as stalking models. Yeah, yeah. So she kind of became obsessed. obsessed with the way that they looked, and, and wanted she to felt be like them, and she felt she didn't look that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it's interesting because when the mom was interviewed, she said that when she looked at her daughter, she saw her as somebody that was funny, athletic. She was smart. She was personable, and she was really shocked. That she tried to kill herself. And it's just amazing how two things that your kids can be very consumed by things like Instagram and being obsessed in her case with like these models and how the mom who's so educated and working at children's hospital, you know, which means she's surrounded by kids a lot is just like how you look at your kids and you don't see them sometimes for what's actually going on. They can kind of conceal that. Well, like all of us can. 
Sure. Yeah. If you don't want anyone to know something, they don't have to. You know what strikes me as interesting about this? Like her mom's probably around our age somewhere. Probably. Yeah. You know, and when we grew up, we didn't deal with like any of this stuff. No. You know, like, so our distractions may have been like the Atari or something like that. But most of our time, at least mine was, I'm pretty sure yours was the same way. um, I was doing something else. Uh, and more, you know, very frequently I was, I was outside, I was playing with my friends, all this other stuff. You know, when we left the house and we went off to school or wherever, you know, your parents, it's like a a wing and a prayer, you know, back in the, in the seventies and eighties, you just go and they assume that everything went great. They assume you got to school. Yep. They assume you didn't, you know, get abducted by a mass murderer, uh, or anything like that. They they really don't know what's going on, but you just kind of went on your way. You came back, but you didn't feel this this pressure to be connected, you know, 24-7. Yeah, it's it's kind of frightening when you think about it because we could put ourselves in her shoes where our kids, you know, appear fine on the outside and you don't know what's going on. Right. And, you know, we are big proponents, I guess I would say, of of communicating, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, our kids, even though Christian is right now in his room on his video game system, we always check in. Right. Are you okay? What's going on? You know, what's, you know, we, we know what's going on. He's not hooked up with people he doesn't know. Right, right, right. That drives me crazy, by the way. These kids that are like, online with people they don't know some random dude somewhere i'm like what the heck if you don't know them no you do not and we didn't engage that you know you know like i said back in when we were kids we didn't deal with a lot of this stuff no for us cable tv was a new thing yeah but you know you're right though because back then parents didn't pay attention either no i mean you know But society overall was radically different back then, too. It was. Um, it was. You know, it was, it was just a different time. But then, then now I think about myself today uh, in these days. Right. You know, you know, everybody wants a smartphone, all this other stuff. And I was working in technology for a large portion of my career. And so, of course, I was I was definitely in tune with what was going on out there in the technology world and wanted and, and have a lot of these things. Um, but there are times where. I know I could be doing something productive, you know, whether it's it's playing one of my instruments or, or anything, anything else. And I will find myself laying in place and clicking on this device as though something's going to magically change in 30 seconds. Well, I'm going to bring up a point. And I know we're not getting into the, the pros and cons of any of this right now. But I just want to say that... When a child, I was just thinking about this, when a kid is having a problem and they're depressed or or attempting suicide, now they're blaming it on smartphones, right? right. Back in the day, it was Ozzy Osbourne, yeah, right? Yeah. I just thought of that. Yeah, so it's it's kind of, and that that's where these thoughts of- But that was our technology back then. Yeah, it, right. It was, but in the rea- so, but now, so now we have um, the opportunity to look back on it. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? When you play it backwards, what was it? Was it Ozzy Osbourne? If you played yeah, it backwards, yeah, and I said the song "Suicide Solution" uh, led some kid to kill himself. 
I mean, listen, here, here's what I'm going to say about that. You are not going to want to kill yourself or harm yourself unless there's something going on, a chemical imbalance in your brain. Yeah, something something else. Something can help you want to do that, if I can use the word help, but something can aid you in wanting to do that. But you have to have something. I mean, I had a really crazy childhood because I was bullied because I was chubby. Same. And I was called Fatty Four Eyes. I was called Stumpy. Okay. <laughs> but never, ever, ever, ever did I consider killing myself no me neither and i had access to ozzy osbourne oh i listened to ozzy osbourne and did, as much as and anyone else. did you want to kill no, yourself i definitely didn't want to kill so myself. so i think that parents it, you can't blame parents and adults for the fact that this is this is my opinion for i didn't pay attention and i didn't see the signs when if in this woman's case especially she was very she had a very active relationship with her child she was very close to her and, you know, you can't blame that. You no, can't blame I mean, yourself. Like I had said, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? Right. So if you think about the things that were formerly blamed for kids wanting to kill themselves and, you know, kids are being in cults and stuff because they listen to Led Zeppelin and all this other stuff, whatever it is, um, that's all been proven to be a bunch of bull. Do you ever notice it's always a, a rock song? It's never like... Yeah, it's never Prince. Carrie Underwood or, or yeah. Adele. Yeah. Imagine if playing Adele backwards says, <laughs> cut your head off. And I mean, a lot of those songs are depressing because it's about like a love that's lost. I lost him. and But that's okay. But, you know, singing about like, yeah, but, I don't even know. But so you think about it. So that that's also something we'll talk about later is a lot of what we're about to discuss overreactionary. Yeah. You know, based upon his, historically, you know, it it kind of says that, you know, parents freak out over all these things in the past and time has shown that um that we were wrong, you know. Yeah. And in this case I I don't know cuz again the evidence isn't really there yet. Mm-hmm. But there are some it's kind of like global warming, right? Um, That's a farce. Yeah, what are you talking exist. about? It's not real. I'm Come gonna, on. I'm going to tweet about that, that it's a farce. Go ahead. So, uh, but global warming, you know, and things like that, you know, the just the, the, the massive amount of change over such a short period of time makes you kind of have to at least look. And that's kind of what some of the statistics we ran across kind of show. You got to at least look. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So. Um, All right. Continue. So, actually, why don't we talk about, statistically, a couple of the things that we found. Okay. You you think, wanna, so, you don't want to talk about the pros and cons. We want to go into the no, statistics? No, talk about, yeah, because the pros and cons Do you want to lead the discussion? Sure. So, there were um, some statistics gathered uh, by the Department of Health and Human Services um, that show between the years 2010 and 2016 that adolescents with major depressive episodes rose 60%. Wow. Okay. That's a lot. So, That's a big. So think about that. That is completely in line with the onset of smart devices and mass, you know, because smart devices are one thing. Social media is another thing. They do go hand in hand. You can access them the same way, but they yeah. both rose at the same time. Right. So, um, you know, so kids with major depressive issues rose in that huge 
period of time. Now, think about this. In the 90s, 90, say like 1990 to 2000, during the grunge period of music, mm-hmm. you know, you got a bunch of rock stars off of themselves during that time. Really? Yeah. And even today, you know, some of the guys from that, that time period, Chris Cornell just killed himself. Um, the, uh, the guy from, uh, from uh, Linkin Park... Uh, Chester Bennington just killed himself. Kurt Cobain killed himself. It's true. It's true. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, but that kind of music was was, you know, bummed people out. You know, that's that's what you know it was called. Yeah, you know, but it was I don't think you can't. Yeah, but you can't compare them to like the adolescence. No, but here's but listen to this statistic though. During that time period, the suicide rate was even or decreasing. Okay. Hmm. The suicide rate now in 10 to 19 year year old uh, kids, mm-hmm. uh, the CDC has reported that there's a massive jump in suicides now in that, that adolescent age group. And is it like equal with boys or young men versus young women? Or there seems, is it-, it seems to be um, women. It's, it's dominant women. It's both. But really but there's sad. more women, so but you think about that. So you have have a group of people, the Gen Xers that grew up in the '90s during a time when everybody was running around wearing black clothes and bummed out, and that was the way to be. They didn't have, even though stars and stuff were were shooting themselves and doing things like that. Uh, the suicide rate was level or decreasing amongst kids. Now in this day and age, uh, along with the depressive episodes, it's increased. The same way. Okay. So what okay. what's changed from 2010 on? You know, and it, and it literally almost year for year is the accessibility because when the first iPhone hit and things like that, um, kids kids weren't um, weren't buying them yet. It wasn't cheap. It took a couple of years for you know. I think Alex got her first iPhone. It was like iPhone three. Okay. Right. So it took took a took a couple of years to make it accessible for the mass market, mm-hmm. and that is exactly when that hit twenty ten. Okay. Right. So so I don't. So there's there's also the theory that smartphones themselves don't necessarily cause anxiety, but if you have a kid who has anxious behavior or depressive behavior or or turn inward a lot, you know, tend to be a loner that these things can kind of feed into that. And a lot of it in the articles, I won't belabor the point. But well, in, that's a good thing. Belabor the point. No, you're a belaborer. All right. Well, it is a podcast. If I sat here and said nothing, it's really not a podcast. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's silence, right? Let's try that. And there it is. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, you know, but the adolescent brain uh, is different than the adult brain. Right. And their susceptibility uh, and a lot of these things can be proven. Their susceptibility to um, addictive behaviors and things like that are different than someone who's perhaps over the age of 25. Well, I think that with adults and smartphones, you have the whole, you know, they shut themselves off. Um, adults do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in fact, today I'm, I'm in, uh, in church. And I'm observing a lady in front of me. While I uh-huh. should be paying attention, I'm observing some lady in the mm-hmm. pew. Yeah, she was looking so. Oh my god. <laughs> um, anyway, this lady, 
was clicking on an app on her smartphone and then she would close the app. She would click it again. She would close the app. She would click it again as though anything was going to change in the five seconds between clicks. And she was checking it during mass. That's crazy. Right. Um, But we know people or have known people who will go into the shower with their cell phone. Yep. Adults now we're talking about, Um, which is kind of like. Meaning this this isn't necessarily just an adolescent problem. I don't know why problem. people go into the shower with their cell phones. I don't understand that. Or yeah. what what is that? Or that that if the thing dings, you have to respond absolutely immediately. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But but literally going in the shower with the stupid thing, clicking on it all day long. I know. You know, and it, and I've seen it myself. Um, I and I now try to force myself to put it down. I force you to put it down. Well, yeah. I get on top of you and I wrestle you. Oh, that's my favorite part of the day. (laughs) Grapple me, baby, over my phone. Um, But I do do have to force myself to put it down because especially when we started the podcast, I think it got worse, surprisingly enough, because I would start checking statistics. Yeah, you have an issue, man. I would re-engage social media. You were telling me that. You were like, I checked five minutes. Yeah, but I'm like, what? Yeah, and I but I reengaged in social media. I kind of had my social media presence well under control. I would only I only had a lot of music vendors and things that I would I would track and follow. But in trying to grow this audience, I've reengaged with a lot of people. Yeah, and um, I find myself just meandering about um, and clicking out of boredom instead of doing something. There's your M word, meander. Today's word, ladies and gentlemen, is meandering. meandering. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think that the problem is actually on a much grander scale. Mm-hmm. Although the, here's one key difference. Okay. You can still sit us in a room and we can put all that crap aside, have a conversation, have a drink, look at each other, talk to each other and relate where... This is really where I think the problem is with kids. No, but it's not all kids. Because no, no, I'll tell you right kids. now. I'll tell you right now. Tell Alex, me right now. Alex and Tommy are not attached to their cell phones. They're not. Um, there was probably a time. I don't know how Tommy was because I didn't know him at the time. But Alex was probably much more involved in social media and her device. But has since, so, has since moved beyond it and carried on with regular life. Yeah, and I think that's happening to Tria. I think Tria's... It very slowly getting away from her phone and getting more because she has to go to school and she has to go to work. And I think that, you know, when these kids are going to work like Alex, when she was young, younger, she's still young, obviously. But she started working with me when I was at MCG and I did merchandising and I had her work with me. And, you know, she had to learn to speak to people and and you know that was excellent for her and i think she was always a pretty good communicator yeah i I just because i think that they like to hide behind their phones and their media and i think that when she started merchandising Hmm. she learned to talk to people yeah because like lol is not a word well she was always very quiet too yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. I, I don't know. I really didn't see her a lot in real social situations. Yeah, she wasn't. I think that that got her kind of into the groove of sure. actually speaking. And, you know, and today, kids don't even interview in person. 
No, they don't. They're doing in, everything in fact, freaking live. Yeah, you can't walk in to, to, to get a job. You have to apply for something online, and then there's some app associated with that, and then it's you're checking crazy. the app to see. I, I don't agree with that. You know, everything is, is so impersonal. So, so that's an interesting point, too. So society itself has made things impersonal, which is just going to feed into um, the social anxiety that this generation that, that has been kind of uh, coined the iGen. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was uh, quoted G-E-N. by... G-E-N. Yeah, iGen, G-E-N. Um, you know, it, and it's the iGen is defined as the people who are born from 95 to 2012. Mm-hmm. And that's the generation that we're talking about having these social issues and stuff like that. You know, society itself is pushing them away. It's pushing them toward the technologies. So it's never going to... And those are people that are our age, right? They're they're not going to help the problem. They're going to feed the problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, and that, it's an interesting interesting thing. So one of the the counterpoints to this that we found uh, that was very interesting. It seems that social media for some groups of people, um, this kind of disparate method of communication works well for them. Because maybe they don't have local communities. Okay, so, instance, so which group would that be? Like alternate lifestyles, uh, the LGBTQ community. Um, they've benefited um, with this communication method because they can find other people. They that can find are, other people mm-hmm. that are that are um, that can relate to them. Yeah, and uh, so so these kind of quick you know methods of communicating, you know, uh, short messages and groups and all this other mm-hmm. stuff has helped a marginalized group kind of not feel so alone. True. You know, I, I agree. And anyone that's that's in um you know in any uh, alternate lifestyle or any any kind of relationship or living a lifestyle like that, you know, you are um you know, some of them feel very marginalized from society, you know, they can't walk down the street without somebody giving them a crazy look because they don't look like them. Yeah, right, right. And um so so the marginalized have found a home through um rapid methods of and uh, of communication and social media. So it's benefited a group that's probably highly susceptible to depression, anxiety and suicide. You know, so uh so there's a plus, right? It's very interesting. What are your thoughts, sweetheart? I'm sorry. I, I fell asleep for a second. Oh, boy. You know, <laughs> I thought I'm an interesting fella. You just said you are so funny. <gasps> I'm so funny until that. I'm not. I had to put a little humor in this very serious topic. I am sorry. Well, yeah, you know, hey, not not all of these. Uh, these I, listen, there's, I but saw there's, this. there's always room for a fart joke. I know, but I got to just put something funny in there. Okay. Listen. The dog didn't I was fart reading, today. No, she didn't. But the fruit flies here. There's one fruit fly in the house. There's. I think it's actually her. I think Allie does that. I think she. It's like her little minions. Oh, they kind of. They're like the little fish that yeah. eat the bottom of the shark's yeah. belly. I think that she yeah. summons them from the depths. She's that little goes, guy go. that. She's that little guy that lives in um, Jabba the Hutt's belly button. I forget his name. I forget his name. I too. knew his name. Thank you for yeah. stumping me. No problem. Stumpy stumped the lady. <laughs> So I'm looking at this one bullet that we have written down, and I thought it said the young pope, and it said <laughs> the young pope. 
has exclaimed. You know, I tried to get into that show. The Young Pope? With Jude Law. Twice. And I just couldn't. I kept falling asleep. Twice. Yeah, I, I couldn't do it. And I no, like Jude Law and, I and love everything. Jude Law. Yeah. And I, do, I wanted to tear my eyeballs out. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Young Pope, go suck it. Okay. You know what? Hey, that doesn't have to be a religious thing. Okay, just about the show. Just about the show. Okay. Yes. All right, love. Okay. All right. Um, Tell me your bullet, so baby. Young people. What you say? Tell me your bullet. Young people. Come on. It's in my drawer. Tell me. Young people. Oh. <laughs> oh. Whoa. Taking me aback there, sweetheart. Um, young people stated that it's easier to communicate with Facebook, for example, if you like someone and you are afraid to approach them in person. So you can kind of write them a little note or maybe it could be like the gateway to actually talking to them in person. So so I thought that was kind of cool. So so the shy kids could yeah. benefit from from this kind of interaction. Yes, yes. That's very interesting. I thought that was cute. Yeah, and I think that's 100% valid because I know me as an adolescent was very You're shy. You're now an adolescent? Uh, basically, yeah. I'm a giant pear-shaped adolescent. Oh. Um, but I know that I was very hesitant. I mean, I was always the goofy guy, and I could always make a stupid joke, but there was never like a conversation with a girl that was going to going to lead to anything. Everyone was going to be my friend. Yeah. I was that guy, right? Yeah. Because I didn't know how to approach that situation. Uh, and how to, Yeah, I understand that. I you understand know? that. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, so I, mean, I thought I th- that I think was that's cute very, very interesting. Because back in the day, we had notes, right? Or we had a friend that would talk to another yeah. friend. Will you go with me for ice cream? Circle yes or no. Yeah, right? yeah. So now they don't have that. So I thought that was cute. Yeah, because you can you can do it very subtly, right? You can go out there and like somebody's post or mm-hmm. or whatever it is, and then next thing you know, you're typing, and next thing you know, that maybe you're sending them a private message or something like that, and. That could lead to something. Whereas, do you remember if they're sitting face to face, that shy kid's never gonna. Yeah, because that's make unnerving. Yeah, that's unnerving. I agree. I think. I think it's. Do you remember when you were working? Okay. And we used to instant message each other. Me and you, married kids. Kids would be in school. Do you remember we used to do that on the computer? Oh yeah, yeah. We used to use IM. Yeah. Yeah. You'd be like, "Hey, baby, how are you?" It was so cute. Yeah, and then they has nothing that, to do with this. Shut I was that just stuff down. reminiscing, um, but it was cute. It was cute. Yeah, it was our first crack at at that kind of uh, interaction because it was like really pre cell phone ish. So it was. It was <clears throat> it. Well, no, I mean, yeah, we weren't texting though because we didn't really. Well, have... That's because I didn't know how. <laughs> yeah, there was another point though that I recall you mentioning to me. Okay. That's a counterpoint to the fact that these things are wrecking society. Okay. Here's the the counterpoint is that are these statistics showing up now because people these days are quicker to act on um, a mental health, anxiety and all this other stuff? Because, you know, like they ask questions. You go to a doctor's office now. Okay. And when you walk into the doctor's office as a kid, they just don't say, okay, open your mouth, stick out your tongue. Uh, let me let me feel your gonads if you're a young man. Call for me, and here's your flu shot and get out. Mm-hmm. They actually start asking them questions 
They do. Um, I took the kids to the pediatrician, and I remember that they would ask me to step out of the room, and they would ask them a slew of questions that were not obvious either. It wasn't like obvious answers to make sure they were psychologically okay. Yeah, so... um, So they're more proactive. Yeah, so people today are probably more proactive in dealing with anxiety, depression, social disorders than like when we were kids because oh God, yeah. when we were kids and if some kid off themselves or t- attempted suicide everybody's like what the heck like no one knew because everybody's sweeping everything under the rug or no they one would knew do anything ex- you're right they would either you're exactly right they'd sweep it under the rug and then i have the story about my aunt that she was having mental issues remember this and yeah. they did shock treatment on her yeah and so we would go from the either sweep it under the rug. Stuff didn't help. No, she's still crazy. Um, and you know, I don't have a problem with the fact if you have a mental disorder, but she's nasty. Yeah, she's not a nice person. No, she can be, but she's just not nice. No, but she, so you she's go got from, all sorts of things going on. Oh, so you go from either sweeping it under the rug, like you said, or the extreme part of it, like I was saying, the shock treatment. Right. So there was no in between. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was no, just no, no. using that, yeah, you know, and, and to kind of it's a really good back up your point. Yeah, and and it's true though because, um, you know, and people of that generation, even your aunt's generation, like your dad. This had, was only a few years ago, yeah. though. This is like maybe 10 years ago they yeah, did this. But your your aunts always had issues, right? Oh, yeah. And the thing is that your dad, coming from the generation he did, you're talking about the Korean War type yeah. time frame. Mm-hmm. You know, it, growing up in the, in the 50s, you know, very traditional type of guy, uh, had a really hard time wrapping his head around her mental illness. He got very frustrated by it. And I think it's also because not only did she have mental illness, but the fact that she's so self-centered and always has been. I think right. you, you put those two together. Right. You know? But but think about it, though. <laughs> it does for, not from, make for a happy Albert. No, no. But in his, his generation <laughs> and probably the generations that followed, like, for instance, suppose you had some sort of a, a mental illness or your sister had a, a mental illness. It might be a challenge. I'm not saying that this is the way it would go down with your family. Um, but it might be a challenge for someone of that generation to openly acknowledge and deal with that stuff. Because think about it today, okay, in today's world. Um, you know, kids that, that have special needs um, and, and have challenges in life, like, like say, Matt. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, so Matt has Down syndrome. Yes. And we love him to death. He's, he's like my little buddy. We have a great time with mm-hmm. him. Great kid. I'll take you back a bit, okay? When I was a kid, um, I was, my my mother had told me this. This is probably the only compassionate thing I've ever heard my mother say, by the way. Um, that uh, I would play with a kid when I was like a year old, year and a half old. Okay. okay? So a little little toddler date, and he had Down syndrome. Oh. Okay. Again. Yes. Something you didn't know. I didn't. Right. So here's, how about this story for you, though? Okay. That was this kid, a neighbor or was it like a relative's child? No, it was, it was like some, just some lady my mom knew. Okay. Okay. Um, that kid died under very suspicious circumstances. Wow. My mother believes because the parents were just disappeared after that, that the parents offed the kid. Wow. Was the child like your age? Yeah. That's so sad. Right. But so now think about that. 
from that time period where they want to take somebody with special needs and kind of throw them in a closet and lock like, them away. It's kind of like, not to be funny, this was like Hitler's mentality. Yeah, yeah, you want to take them and, and get them out of society versus today where you see kids like Matt working, yeah, prospering, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Our friend in the Whole Foods store. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and yeah, that, they take them and give them a job to do. And Right, and I remember growing up, you know, my favorite job in the world, McDonald's, um, we had a girl working there named Tammy. And Tammy Tammy was was definitely, uh, you know, special needs, and she would clean the lobby and just all this stuff. We treated her just like any other employee. But I think if you go back into the 70s and 60s and 50s, they were taking these people and shoving them aside. Of course they were. So I think that their ability... Um, those older generations' ability to deal with a kid that had social anxiety and depression and all this other stuff was probably just not – society wasn't ready to deal at that time. Yeah, you know? I, I, ju- I think that's correct. I like how you said that they weren't ready to deal with it. Right, and I think – so that's that's one of the, the uh, debunkers for some of those statistics is that um, kids these days um, like, like – um, you know, look at look at people that have highly dynamic relationships with their kids. We with our kids, uh, Bonnie and Steve with their kids. Um, you know, are they? We're going to know what's going on with them. You know, so if something comes up, um, we are going to be aware for the most part. Something's up, and we will do whatever it takes to get that kid help. Yeah, you know, and that's just yeah. the way that it is. Uh, because we're so and it's funny super the, close to our kids. We had the painters on and the Blackburns on, and they're all so involved with their kids. Yeah, and they're all close to their kids. And I yeah. think if something came up with one of their kids, they find out that their child has has depression or anxiety or something like that, that they're going to do something very of quickly course, to deal with it. Of course. So that kind of blows the idea of statistically, um, you know, that the the uh, the adolescents with major depressive episodes rose so high, it could just be because it's being reported because we as more proactive parents are doing something about it. Yeah, and I also think that if I can just state this in again, you can just state whatever you want. My opinion, because you are too darn pretty for words. Oh, and I can say that with one hundred percent certainty. Nice. Oh, you are, though. (laughs) And it's very nice to sit here and talk about these crazy issues, (laughs) right? Talk about all this stuff. And then I look over and I see you. And I'm like, she is just so beautiful. She is so darn cute. She's just so She's darn cute. She's cute as a cute. bug on a log. Like a little button. <laughs> Thanks, Bubba. So what were you going to say? Um, I was going to say that I think that our kids were somewhat ill-equipped for dealing with things because we coddle them so. I would agree. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I try to protect them, you know, and try to make things as easy as possible for them because I think you just, you just stopped wiping Christians, butt last week. (laughs) Cause life, when they get into the real world is frightening and it's mean and it can be sweet and it can be kind, but there are those things that you're just like, you don't want your kids to have to deal with this stuff until they have to. And, you know, Alex, thank God, literally uh, deals with stuff well. And that's because we, she touches base with us a lot. Yeah, she does. And she's also, 
Um, she has a uh, uh, strong willed. She, yeah, she is very strong willed. She will knock you out. Yeah. And she will take you out. She will take you out. Yeah. And, um, I'm glad she's like that. Oh, absolutely. She doesn't take anything. And in her business, especially in the culinary field, which is still male dominated in male, some, yeah, very much right? so. Yeah. She does not. No way. Mm-mm. She doesn't care who you are. Nope. And then I think that's a great way to be because, like you said, life is. Well, Tria's like that too. Yeah. Tria, actually, in a physical sense, Tria punches like a man. <laughs> right? So, what I used to do is sit there with my hand up and have little Tria girl, you know, punch my hand and I would feel it like radiate down my elbow. I mean, she could hit like a guy. I would not want to be someone that finds her, you know, in an alley somewhere. She will turn around and knock your head off. So. Very true. Very true. I think it's good. You know, I guess I'm talking about myself. You know, I always coddled my kids. I always took care of them. And I think that as long as they get out there in the real, quote unquote, real world, um, and they know that you are there for them, I think it helps them move forward and be like independent. You know, because that's our job as parents. I mean, they were supposed to prepare them to get out there in life and, and deal with it. But as a parent, I also feel it's my job to kind of watch over them and care for them. And I know that I, I drive my son over the bus stop. Yeah, he's going to be 14. <laughs> but I take off. I get him out and take off before the bus pulls up so none of the kids can see that mom is there because I don't want him to be made fun of. But I don't know they're my babies, you know? I just worry about them. Yeah, see, and I came from kind of the other side. You were very um, sheltered as a kid, right? I was, yeah. So, like, when we got married, um, you know, the idea of balancing your checkbook and all this other stuff and and kind of doing those life-type tasks, I had to do at a younger age because I was – you know, very unsupervised where you were coming from the completely um, coddled side where you didn't, you never had to worry about buying a car. You never had to worry about anything. No. Right. And our kids are kind of somewhere in between, I think. Oh yeah. I think that I also, the one thing that I can say about myself is that because I am good in these emotionally challenging situations in life, such as my parents passing away, I kind of tough on me. (laughs) Yeah. I don't well, know about you, you know what? <laughs> but for me, we're alluding back to a previous podcast where I was talking about a particularly emotionally challenging time for me uh, was the death of may. Laura's parents. And yeah, you may have been a little upset too, but for me. But you know what was nice, was Bob, is that you, you were kind of didn't have the parental guidance or unconditional love until my parents. So in all fairness, I know that hits you hard because you loved them so much. That's true. And That's you really admired my father a lot. I did. And and it really kind of it really kind of came to pass at, at its most And you, you know you had a lot time. To, to deal with too because I adored my father and you were coming into Yeah, so yeah, I'm, I'm like going into a hornet's <laughs> nest, right? Um but <laughs> But when your father was in his darkest time, um, you know, and he, and he he couldn't get up off the floor, and, and he was all this a little delusional stuff. too. Yeah, and um, he in the middle of the night, I was the only one he wanted. I know. You know, I he, know. You know, he loved you. I know, and I loved him too. And um, you know, for me, that was a 
a huge moment. Yeah. Um, because I got to kind of, uh, I don't want to say pay him back for what he had given me over the years, but to to care for him in those those times was, uh, you know, as ridiculously hard as it was, I mm-hmm. wouldn't ever take it away because you don't, it, it shows the connection and the bond that I had with him. You know, you're a really good man. Thank you. And you finally got the respect. My father's a tough one. He was a tough one. Brutal, yeah. And for him to respect you, I mean, he he really admired the fact that you were such a great father and are a great father and great husband. He really did. Um, that's awesome. No, he really did. I know, I, and I, I still hold all that very dear to myself. So I take, you know, my my mother and father were always kind of, this was, it comes into play with how I am with my kids. They were always very tough as far as when things were rough emotionally. Um, they kind of put it on the in the back burner, you know, and, and just dealt with what they had. I did that. I kind of put things on the back burner with my parents. And I remember Alex writing me a letter telling me how much she she saw how tough I was in a situation with my parents that was really, really emotionally difficult. And she admired that. Mm. And that's the one thing, as much as I baby my kids, and I baby you too, Mr. I make your lunch for you. um, Somebody has to make my lunch. It's nice when you look back and say, hey, my mom did this for me, my mom did that for me. Because, you know, like I said, life, life is cruel. Yeah, I mean, and then that's the truth. Listen, so, I'm quoting Davy Jones from Pirates. What makes you think the afterlife is any different? See, that's an excellent, excellent impression. Excellent. Thank you. Did you like that? I did. It's very nice. It's yeah. very nice. So I don't know how the heck. <laughs> how do we wind up there? Okay. We but, went from, but, no, but, wait, we but, went from smartphone, smartphone usage to an impression of Davy Jones from the Pirates. Like, how? I don't even know. It just morphed morphed into that that kind of thing. It's just weird. Yeah, because it's all about us at the end of the day, right? We're talking about me and and the connection to your dad and how you were kind of upset when your parents died. Just a little. Just a little. Um, But I think there's nothing wrong with... um, And and then the proof is in the pudding, right? So the examples that we show to our kids... Are, are what they're going to follow, what they're going to do. You know, we have different relationships with the kids. So, like, um, you know, you'll get the phone call about, you know. The social aspects. The social aspects, and I'll get the phone call about, you tuitions know. Tuitions do. Yeah, tuitions do. Or, no, and I got an A-plus in this in class, especially yeah. culinary stuff, and I'd be like. Yeah, or something to do with, like, um, some bill or some, some you know, insurance or something like that. But It's not even like that with you, though. They're also into the classroom stuff with you or in Alex's case the the you know her job because that's where you are I'm the you know can you believe what so-and-so said and can you believe this happened today at work and you know and that's where we are that's where we stand we each have a different job a role yeah now of course everybody has a role so interestingly so or a bagel as, if you're Jewish hey and I am give me a give me a good, Anything with a hole in it, it's perfect for okay. me. Okay. So, you know what? I'm talking about bread. Mm. I'm not talking. You have the filthiest little mind in the world. <laughs> my goodness. 
Do you know how many holes there are in a pretzel? Did you know that when you met me? That you were a filthy little yeah, minded person? Yeah, did you know that when you first talked to me? Probably not. Um, but I've very quickly discovered your filthy little mind. Well, I was unknotting the Unknotting the knot pants. in my Santa pants. Yeah, that's kind of... Yeah, but I legitimately had to tinkle. Now, being being a Santa guy in a shopping mall and having to tinkle, I needed somebody to, to I, because my fake belly was in the way. I could not. <laughs> that undo. was not a fake belly. I, it was fake. I was didn't. It? Yeah, I didn't have padding in there. I wasn't. <laughs> that wasn't a chunker then. So yeah, I needed somebody to undo my pants. Sorry that you happen to be the <gasps> only delicious little filly in the room. So there, ninner, ninner. So anyway, we do have some pros and cons to this. Uh, oh, I thought we were done. No, weren't there some pros and cons? Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah. So why don't you give me some of these? You want pros? me to talk more? I've been monopolizing. Hey. For once. Give me some pros and cons of this supposed epidemic of smartphone usage. Okay. So some of the pros is that. The kids are physically safer How because, um, well, two ways. They have their phone on them 24-7. So if, God forbid, they are in a situation that's unsavory. I was going to say the same word. Holy really? crud. Really? Were you? Yeah. Um, <sighs> or <laughs> Like Voltron. And it wasn't an M word. Um, unsavory. Um, that they have access to calling or... Now you can track them, and I am tracked as well, um, to make sure we're all safe. Right. Stalker it's dad. It's not a pro for me. Thank you. It is a pro. Uh, it's a pro no, for me. No, I don't like being tracked by you. No. Look. No. Nope. You know, listen, you, are, you don't need you to tell are, me. I see you showed up at the dentist. Listen, you are a... I see you're in the bathroom. Look, I didn't I You didn't are on the far. fifth step of the stairwell. Okay, maybe it's a little too much. <laughs> I can't help it. Hey, I'm I, I'm very protective over what I care about. I know you and are, and if it's Bubba. not you and my kids, um, I don't. I you know I, I'm not protective over anything except for that. And and I mean it's what I should be protective over. I don't care about stuff and all these other uh, things. I care about protecting you guys, and I will do whatever it takes to make sure that that is taken care of. I did tell you that 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 was one of your traits that I take care of people? that you can. No, that you you watch over your you know you're very yeah caring and yep protective right okay Are there other so pros yes uh, they drink less they drive later and they hold off on sex really that's what that's what was stated really and if I look at my children it's very true by the way I'm just saying that's... none of them really drink think about it. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting. I, maybe it's because they're pulled out of and those. And Tria, her generation did not care about driving. No, they didn't. And it was like for us when in our generation, like the day you turned 17, you got that license. But what does it have to do with the smartphone? Well, think about it. They're drinking less because they're not physically in a situation to do it. Right? Right. Um, they're driving later because they don't have to be in the same oh, room to see people. I and if they're not in the same room with people, they're not drinking because they're not in the same room. Yeah. And how are you having sex if you're if you're busy on your smartphone? If you're via satellite. But also, I mean, I, maybe there's also um, 
yeah, maybe it's because of just the lack of the That's physical interaction. Right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but holding off on sex. Yeah, because you still have to be no, with someone to do it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But HPV is on the rise, so I don't understand any of this. Yeah, there's probably just one guy who had sex with a monkey, and everybody in the world's got HPV. But we could put it in terms of older people that a smartphone can give you access to other things where you can meet up with people and have sex with them and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so you use that as a gateway to getting to those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's also true. Okay, so cons. Give me a con. Uh, psychologically. Con? Killer con. <laughs> con Wrath, air. Wrath of con. <laughs> Wrath of Khan. Yeah. Every time I hear that movie, I think of the little thing that went in his ear. Ew. Psycho- <laughs> Psychologically more vulnerable, which we already went over. Yeah. And anxiety and depression, which that that's the only con. Yeah, I mean, and also um, the loneliness thing, too. By not having physical interactions with people, though, and I've read a couple of articles about this, um, about the the um, the huge trend of loneliness, you know, very, people are very very lonely and they're isolated um, with you know social media and all these other things that they're you know they're they're hurting themselves by yeah. having no interaction with the outside. So there is an epidemic of loneliness. Uh, going on so you could actually you know go and google that too to say uh, you know loneliness epidemic you know i could google things like delivering a baby and i could actually do it yeah on the fly and Mm -hmm. that's there's a plus for you yeah and how many arguments does a smartphone settle anyway how smart is it no it's great think about it you're sitting at the kitchen table (gasps) oh you mean to actually oh yeah it's true it's It's like it's like you say to yourself, well, no, Peter Cetera was the best singer of the band Chicago. No, we were trying to find that out today. Remember, I couldn't think of the name of the song. Yeah. And it was On and On. And you said, oh, was that by who? Um, who did you say? And then I said, no, it was Stephen Bishop. I thought Bishop. it was by Dan Fogelberg. Yeah. And it was by Stephen Bishop. I think it's actually his alias. I think it's the same person. I think they are the same person. And they're also Glenn Fry, Tooth Eagles. And the guy that sang, uh, Silly. Oh, Christopher Cross. <laughs> yeah, he was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, back in the day when you could be an ugly rock star. Because no yeah, one could but see you. Know you. What? No, there was a time where they were pretty, right? That was not the 70s. No. Then you had the pretty people, the pretty rock stars with the long hair and the. Yeah, but that was like in the video age. That's like the 80s. Yeah, that was when video came. But and before, now it doesn't matter. Yeah, before, well, now it doesn't matter. But back in the 70s, all these dudes that did all those, those songs Speed like that, well, they no, were Arius, all but ugly dudes. Ario Speedwagon was 80s. Kevin Cronin, though, right? no, he started in the 70s. Really? Yep. And they were all ugly as sin. And then you had the, uh, what do you call it? Oh, what was his name? Uh, Brett Michaels? Mm-mm, mm-mm. Uh, Brett Michaels. Who? Kimmy, tell me who. Was he a pretty person? Mm-hmm. David Lee Roth. He wasn't pretty. He was just a hairy Jew. No, he was like, he was like, he would be like, make these sex faces at the camera, remember? Oh, of course he would. You remember? And he would strut and he'd do those jumps. He was awesome, which was a song, Jump. Might as well jump, Yeah. No, okay. I mean, yeah, and he was awesome. I don't know how. How we... do you get to David Lee Roth? <laughs> David Lee Roth being a, an ugly Christopher Cross. <gasps> Man, this topic went off the rails fast. <laughs> Holy moly! 
But I do think, so we'll, we'll summarize this like this. Okay. Go ahead, go ahead. Wrap it up. It might be a good idea, you know, to maybe not go whole hog overboard and start, you know, examining every little thing your kid's doing, but be aware, be cognizant mm-hmm. of what they're doing, be cognizant and look for signs of maybe your kids not interacting with anyone outside of the house, isolating themselves and things like that. And and once in a while, take your kid out, take them out, put the phone down, put them in a social situation and see how your kids are. You know, get your kids out there to interact with people and and try to try to keep that kind of thing balanced. So so I think there's room for all of it in at the end of the day, um, because we as functioning adults have uh, social media and smartphones in our lives. But at the same time, we can get together with a group of friends and we can put it all down and hang out. I have and a funny story stuff. about a smartphone. Oh, okay. Was it's it, a short one. Was it? I remember years on ago. Vibrate mode. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's when I hid your phone. Oh, go ahead. No, I was saying vibrate mode. I hid your phone. Never mind. It was a dirty oh. joke. I um, get it. Oh, anyway. yeah. I remember a couple of years back, more than a couple of years back, I was irritated with Alex. She was still living here so years ago. And I remember I texted you and I went, your daughter is a pain in the butt. And it, it went to her. Oh, God. Instead of you. And she went, mom, this is me. And I went, well, you are. Wow. Nailed. She was, she was like a teen. So she was going through that. That horrible teen phase. Oy. Yes. yes. That's, uh, I don't know how in the world I survived. I don't know. I don't and know. I love my children dearly. I really and truly do. But, and I wish them the same personalities. Oh, you, you, we wish the same. <laughs> we wish when, uh, yeah, their kids turn 17 that they get tortured. It's before that. It was before 17, brother. <sighs> yeah, I guess it was. But, you know, I think you're right. You just have to be just be a little aware of your kids. Talk to them. You know, I always had like, especially with Tria, because she was always into all her friends, which she still is. Uh, they usually wanted to hang out here because we're the cool parents. You give them their room. Let right. them do their thing. Yep, because they're going to do it anyway, they're whatever do it is. it anyway. And, you know, let them do their thing and just let them know you're there for them. Just check on them. Make sure they're okay. Yep. And um, just and yeah, be, just be cognizant. So be be aware and and look for trends in antisocial behavior. I think you can interact. Here we go. You can interact without being intrusive. Yeah. Do you and like I, that? Did you like yeah. that? And 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 I think actually, you know, us being positioned as the cool parents kind of gave us a leg leg up on some of the other parents whose kids may have a tendency to hide some stuff. Oh, absolutely. So I don't, uh, I think that's a, a good position to be in, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I think mm-hmm. it, it definitely gave us a leg up and uh, gives us more insight into our kids as they went through the this generation, you know, these super highly connected kids. You know, we probably have a little more. Um, I was always involved in yeah, school and everything like that. I think we're a little that. more, a little more insightful than maybe some people might be. But hey, if you see your kids are just, you know, consumed in the middle of the night, they're on these smartphones. See, our and, kids were never doing that. I know Tree used to get irritated when her friends would <clears throat> text her and stuff in the middle of the night because she, yeah. she wanted to sleep. Right. 
Yeah. And Christian is never on his phone in the middle of the night, ever, because right. he's out. And usually if he's on it, he's playing a game. You know why? You know? you know what helps? I gave them whiskey every night. There you go. That's exactly what it that is. That is what did it. Yep. So we go back to Ozzy Osbourne, you know, <laughs> suicide solution. Wine and is, by the way, wine that was fine, a joke. but whiskey is quicker. Just saying it was a joke. Just of in course. case anybody's going, you yeah. know. No, she it's a said joke. she gives her kids no, liquor. No, it was a joke. It was you a joke. You give your kids liquor. No, I didn't. No. No, we don't. Why would I waste liquor on them? Yeah, really. I want we're it for busy. myself. Yeah, we're too busy downing bottles of stuff here. Oh, yeah. Me? Yeah, especially you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, right. I'm a dirty bird. I think you need a drink. Mm, sometimes. Okay. All right, sweetie. Well, this was uh, this was good. It was actually good. And I, I like the way we meandered a bit. Yes. You know? M. I, that's the same word yes. again. Meander. So I'm going to say my, my catchphrase is going to be interact, don't intrude. Interact and don't intrude. That's about my life with you. Do, wow. You can interact with me. Do not intrude. I will not intrude on your life. I promise. I will not become an impediment okay. on your existence. All right, sweetheart. All right, lovey. Fun podcast. Oh. And uh, we will uh, be back again soon with more fun and fancy free frolic with Peanut Butter and Jody. See ya. Bye.